Welcome to the show. Okay, folks. Happy Halloween. Yesterday was October 30th. Ten years to the day that Walt Disney Studios bought Lucasfilm. Ten years. It's been. What a ride. Join me in a minute and we'll talk about it. Hello, everyone. Happy Halloween. And welcome to Serving Drinks, presented by Page Turners. They were not my Star Wars podcast. I am your host, Brennan Marr. That noise you're hearing is my ventilator. Welcome. Okay, folks, it's Halloween, so happy Halloween. So we're not going to talk about Halloween. As I said yesterday, 10 years since Disney bought Lucasfilm. It's been a roller coaster, folks. So, the first canon of Star Wars released under the Disney banner was Darth Maul, Son of Dathomir, which is a graphic novel or a comic series. Uh, taking some storylines from the Clone Wars that never got made and turning it into a uh, comic about Darth Maul after the events uh, of the Clone Wars Season 5. Which leads him to where we run into him in Season 7. So, that was really, that was the first canon thing. That came out in 2014, and in 2014, in fact, I believe it was like April 27th or something, Disney announced the, or Lucasfilm announced, I should say, the retooling of the Star Wars canon. And at that point, the movies and the Clone Wars were the only things that were officially canon. Everything before that was declared legends. Now, some people mistakenly thought this meant they're erasing it. But, you know, we all know that that's kind of silly. Anyhow, so we got the Darth Maul Sword of Death Rear comic, followed by Star Wars Rebels. Star Wars Rebels was really the first major piece of Star Wars media under the Disney banner. And I remember when Rebels started, I enjoyed it. I remember there was some, uh, some fouler opinions of it. And even people who come to love it now had a little bit of a hard time with it at first. Which is interesting is the same thing happened with Clone Wars back in 2008. Where when it started, people were like, uh. And Rebels started out, I will admit, kind of very kid friendly, very Disney. 
Ezra is basically space Aladdin. And then Tarkin shows up toward the end of season one. And then the Grand Inquisitor beheads Oresco and Grint. And we're thinking, this is a kid show? As we, of course, know, through the four seasons of Rebels, Rebels has become maybe some of the best Star Wars there is. Then the movies hit, okay? Well, Force Awakens was generally beloved. Uh, with a few complaints that it played it very safe. And I will admit, as a fan, as much as I love that movie, it does play it very safe. Um, it's very formulaic. It's very... And this is not a bad word. fan servicey. And I'm not saying that as an insult. I'm saying that is That's just the nature of J.J. Abrams as a filmmaker. He does this in Force Awakens and in The Rise of Skywalker. He likes to please the fans. That is his nature. I don't think there's anything wrong with that. Because, hey, I'm a fan and I like to be serviced, okay? But Force Awakens was generally beloved and ended up becoming one of the highest grossing movies of all time. I don't know if this is still true, but it was the highest grossing film in North America of all time. Things may have changed in the last couple of years with No Way Home and other movies like that. Uh, but that was generally beloved and introduced us to Ray and Finn and Poe and BB-8 and other characters that we would just come to absolutely adore. Kylo Ren, and these characters have it cemented themselves in our cultural imaginations. And then we get Rogue One. Yet again, made a ton of money, is generally beloved. Introduced us to characters that have really caught on, like Cassian Andor. Reintroducing us to Mon Mothma. Slagarera is a character that everyone knows. And of course, introducing us to Jyn Erso. But I think the characters that stand out the most are really K2SO and Chirrut and Baze. Chirrut is the blind monk. Baze is his like, bodyguard. But regardless, Rogue One makes a lot of money. Everyone loves it. Gives us some really neat detail about the plans for the Death Star. We get a great scene with Darth Vader. <laughs> and we also get to see the sacrifice that the Rebels made to get those plans. And we jump to the opening crawl of A New Hope, which said that the Rebels have just won their first major victory. During the battle, they managed to steal the plans for the Death Star. Now, you might look at the Battle of Scarif and say, well, how is that a victory for the Rebels? Well, they did manage to take down two Star Destroyers, destroy the Shield Gate. The Death Star destroyed Scarif's own Citadel Tower. So let's just say the Emperor 
So the Empire was cut. It's bleeding. They finally were able to bleed it. To reveal themselves to the Empire. And to deal a significant blow to them. That's a victory. And they steal the plans. Just as the opening crawl says. And it recontextualizes it. So when we see the Death Star plans in the New Hope. We remember the sacrifices made to get them. And up to this point, the Star Wars fandom is happy and united. Okay, we're going to take a quick break. When we come back, the dark times. See you in a minute. Okay, we're back. All right, folks. 2017. The Last Jedi. You know what? I'm not going to talk about what other people think. Other than to say it was a bit divisive. But I'm glad to see that it's grown in reputation since. Except for those who still don't like it. But hey, if you don't like it, great. I respect that. So, that movie comes out, and it's challenging. Even to me. I came out of the theater saying, well, I didn't really want them to kill Snoke. You know, I didn't want that. But the more I saw that scene, the more I went, wait a minute. This is great. This is brilliant. That decision, that, that throne room fight, wow. Luke, Luke was challenging to some people. I think that Luke was perfectly played. Extremely well acted by Mark Hamill. And arguably his career best performance. And one could argue worthy of an Oscar nomination. Just as I think Harrison Ford in some respect, might have been worthy of it. Giving a career best performance, at least as Han Solo, I think, in The Force Awakens. But in Last Jedi, you had Mark Hamill giving his all. Uh, the movie, there's a lot to say about the movie, other than to say I think it is quite simply brilliant. I did call it a, a misunderstood masterpiece. I think I might retract the masterpiece. I think it's a brilliant film that is was kind of misunderstood. Uh, especially when people thought the theme of the movie was let the past die, which is like, uh, no. If it's the villain saying it, that's not the theme. Point is, Last Jedi, I think, is quite brilliant. It did divide the fandom. And I'm not talking about toxic trolls. I'm talking about just people who did not like it. And felt that it was a disservice to Star Wars. And I respect their opinion. I think it's quite brilliant. I think it might be one of the best films of the 2010s, in my opinion. I think Ryan Johnson is a little bit different than J.J. 
because Ryan Johnson is not a belt fan service or pleasing the fandom as a whole, which might I add is impossible to do. Ryan Johnson is a, I want to make the movie I want to make. And you know what? I think that's a better approach. Personally. I think so. Let the director tell their story. Or, or the writer tell their story. Not worrying about what the general reception will be. Because he's a fan. And he has the right to tell his story. Okay. So, you know, a bit divisive, but generally... I think as time has gone on, it is more and more well-received. Uh, though there are, you know, large segments that feel differently. I can only speak for myself. I think it's quite brilliant. Then we get Solo. Okay, folks. It is, it is true. This is not hyperbole. Solo was a box office failure. That being said, the more and more people who are discovering it, I think I discovered that it is a really fun movie. I think it's fun. I think it's exciting. I think it adds some stuff to our understanding of Han and Lando and adds some great new characters. L337, Kira. One of my favorites, Tobias Beckett, played by the shall we call him a perennial scallywag Woody Harrelson Donald Glover is brilliant as young Lando I think Alden Ehrenreich is a great Han Solo and Jonas Witomo is Chudaka and really the love stories between Chewie and I and let me just say It might have the best musical score of the 2010s. Uh, I have it tied for best score of the 2010s. It's a tie for me between Solo and How to Train Your Dragon. Both composed by John Powell. John Powell infuses so much energy and beauty into the score the solo. I've already talked about the connection between Han and Kira's love theme and Puccini's opera Turandot. Listen to some of the music of Turandot, especially the more romantic music, and you will hear some of the same kind of sound as Han and Kira's love theme. So Solo, I think, overall is a great film. I know that things were nutty behind the scenes. And I have to say it. I don't have any sympathy for Lord and Miller. They were hired to adapt Larry Kasdan's screenplay. They did not deliver. They kept going off script. They kept doing stuff they shouldn't. As far as changing it around. Should they have been allowed to write their own movie? Maybe. But when you've been given a job to adapt somebody's script, 
and you are not faithful to that script, I have no sympathy. Sorry, Lord Miller, I love you, but I don't have any sympathy for you. In this case. Except maybe if you had been allowed to write your own movie, things might have been different. Big kudos to Ron Howard for putting the film together in a package that ended up so good. By the way, we also get the introduction of a fascinating character, Enthus Nest, who I want to see more of. And I think we probably will at some point. Played by the great Aaron Kellyman, who was in Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and will soon appear in the Willow series. Okay, then we get to the Rise of Skywalker. At this kind of not long before the Rise of Skywalker, the Mandalorian is released. And finally, with all the divisions and infighting in the fandom, a show comes out that is generally well received. A breath of fresh air with one of the greatest surprises of all, Grogu, Baby Yoda. What a pleasant surprise that I had no idea was coming. And look at him now. Look at the footprint this character has made. Both Mando himself and Grogu. The footprint they have left in the fandom and on the world. I can't tell you how many kids dressed up as adults dressed up as the Mandalorian for Halloween. Even one of my nephews did. Okay, so that comes out, those eight episodes, extremely well received. Then The Rise of Skywalker comes out. Folks, I could talk for hours about this film about how much I love it and how much I don't understand the anger toward it. All I will say is JJ does like to serve the fans. It is very fan but that is not a bad thing. I love that movie. It may have been the greatest theatrical experience in my life. I was sobbing with joy. Let me say that again. Sobbing with joy. At the end of the movie, I was so moved. I know that it wasn't very well received. Critics and audiences had problem with it. I can't speak to that. I love it. And I understand that afterwards, fans were becoming very disillusioned. Mandalorian still got great praise. Rebels got great praise. Resistance came out this time. Resistance was not really given the respect it's due because it was considered more of the kid show. I'm watching Resistance right now and I'm loving it. Anyhow, so Mando season two comes out. 
Rebels wraps up. Everybody loves all of this stuff. Then we get Book of Boba Fett and Kenobi. Shows which, unfortunately, were yet again divisive. I love them both. I love particularly Kenobi. And those episodes of the Book of Boba Fett with Mando. I understand that people have a problem with it. I don't. I think those are some of the best episodes of Star Wars. Kenobi, yet again, doesn't, I think, get the respect it's due. I think Kenobi is so good. Little Leia is a revelation. She is not just there to sell toys, contrary to old people's opinions. At least in my opinion. It's all a matter of opinion. She is absolutely essential to that story and the shaping of Obi-Wan into who he becomes. And Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor's return, particularly Hayden as Vader, seeing him with the mask cut open, oh my gosh. So good. So good. But yet again, not as well received. But then, but then comes a hold my beer moment. Hold my blue milk. <laughs> Andor. I'm going to talk more about Andor next week with a special guest. I'll just say right now, if Andor continues on this trajectory, and even if we look at it right now, as it stands right now, this might be the best written Star Wars since The Empire Strikes Back. And some would argue even the best Star Wars of all time. I don't know if I'd go that far, but I definitely think that this might be the best written Star Wars since The Empire Strikes Back. Since The Empire Strikes Back, I should say. So, I don't want to say too much because I'm going to review it next week. Or do a big discussion of that and or next week. All I will say is, it's great. So, that brings me to the conclusion, folks. How has Star Wars been in these 10 years that Disney's been in charge? I think Star Wars is great. I think Star Wars has done well in these 10 years. Yes, there have been ups and downs. Yes, there have been certain nameless individuals who like to make videos about how they're announcing too many things or firing too many directors or whatever. I don't care about behind the scenes, folks. If we were to judge movies by behind the scenes, we, would, we wouldn't love Star Wars. We wouldn't love The Godfather. We wouldn't love Apocalypse Now. We wouldn't love any big movie or any famous movie that we like. So I don't care about behind the scenes. For me, everything that has made it to the screen or to the page or to video game consoles 
for the most part, has been great. So I believe that these 10 years have been a treasure trove for Star Wars. Not just financially, but I think in terms of creating good products. In my own personal opinion, they have done well. So, I think we're in good hands. Not everybody agrees. I'd like to hear your thoughts. But all I can tell you are online. My name is Brennan Mar. That noise here is my ventilator. Thank you for tuning in to Serving Drinks. Presented by Page Turners. They were not my Star Wars podcast. May the Force be with you.